good to be in the house of the Lord. Praise God. I'm enjoying teaching on the book of Ephesians. And uh, I know that everybody that's been able to come and those that's listening by Facebook, it's it's there. And we also want to remind everyone that on on um, when you click on the uh, link that gives you the audio and everything for the teaching, uh, that there's another link that you can, when you click on that, it'll take you to the notes. And uh, so if you want the notes, you can just download them right there and print them out, however you want to do it, and uh, we just make them available to everybody. Praise the Lord. And uh, so anyway, we're just thankful for what God's doing and what He's doing and continuing to do. Now, we've been dealing in the book of Ephesians that is one of my most favorite books that uh, I, I like it because it's a short short book. <laughs> That's one of those books when you were counting chapters, you know, and verses that you, uh, for contests in Sunday school, you'd just go to the short books and do that and do and you know, well, that, that's not the reason I like Ephesians, but it's, it's the revelation that Paul had in the book of Ephesians. And, you know, it, it's, it's amazing as you read what Paul had to say. Paul, he, he took things from uh, a Judaism standpoint because he was a Jew. And, uh, I mean, he knew what the traditional Jewish teaching was. He also knew the prophecies concerning the Messiah. He knew all of these things. And uh, yet, at the same time, Jesus had come. And because he didn't come the way man wanted him to come, and he didn't set up an earthly kingdom at that time, many people... Stop following the Lord. You know the story there at the crucifixion. They all went astray, and even Peter himself turned away. And uh, But Peter came back to the Lord, praise the Lord. He came back and was one of the ones that God used in a mighty way. But Paul knew, knew the traditional teaching of the Judaism. And uh, so when he teaches the cross, and he teaches about redemption... He's got the full revelation of it because he knows the typology. He knows all of the things that were there in the Old Testament. And now he sees where Jesus fulfilled it all. And, I mean, he just makes it come alive in the hearts of people. Praise God. But thank God for the writers in the New Testament. Now, Ephesians is to the church at Ephesus that uh, was a Gentile church. They were pagan people there. They were into idolatry. They were into worshiping the, the, the prince, was it Diana, I think, in the temple there. And uh, they, they were worshiping her. And, and actually, uh, prostitutes were actually going in and out of that temple. And uh, it was an evil place. I mean, it was evil. It was very uh, sadistic and very carnal and very anti-God when you get right down to it in, in Ephesus. But aren't you glad that God has a group of people? There's always a remnant. God has a remnant. I don't care. You know what? In this North Texas area, God has a remnant of believers that's going to have the full gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to preach and go forth. People's going to get redeemed, set free. People that are in church, it's all churchy, you know, quote, churchy. They're going to get freed up, and they're going to get realize what the Lord really did for them. Amen? And be able to rejoice and praise God. But... 
the book of Ephesians is so good. And Paul wrote to these people in the book. And if you turn with me over to Ephesians now, we want to get over there and read um, in the second chapter. We're going to read there tonight in the book of Ephesians. And look at the first through the third verse. Now, we read these the other night, but I want to read them again also for what we're going to be talking about tonight. And you, talk about me and you, talk about the people, the believers in Ephesus, you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as the others. Now, we're seeing here what we were, and we're going to see what God has done for us. But in the book of, in the, in the, in the book of Ephesians, the biggest, <laughs> I, want to, I want to word it like this, the biggest little word in the book of Ephesians is the word in, I-N. We're going to see that little word used a lot in the book. It's a preposition uh, in, in the language and in the writings. It's a preposition denoting position. No, if you're in the house, that's your position. You're in the house, right? If you're in the car, that's your position. You're in the car. If you're in your pew, then that's where you, that's the that's a that's a position that you're in. You're there, and that's what the word "in" is in reference to. It's it's your position, and God's word gives our position precedence over our condition. I want to say that again. God, His word gives our position. Precedence over our condition. Now, somebody said, well, what are you talking about there? Well, let's, let's just go on a little further. And uh, because where we are, where we are determines what we are. <laughs> where you are determines what you are. Now, you could, be in a, you could be in a church and not be a Christian. Someone said one time, just because you're, born, you're born, born in a barn, don't make you an animal. <laughs> you know, in the barn. Um, I, I, I know people, they think, I'm in church. And listen, we want people in church. How many understand what the Bible said? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some have. And even so much more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. So, yeah, church is important. Don't, how many understand what I'm saying? It's, it is important. But just because you're in church doesn't mean you're in Christ. Just because you walk through the doors and you're in here doesn't mean you're in the fullness of God. Now, what Paul is in reference to here is the fact that when we begin to understand our position in Christ, we're going to see where we are in Christ. And we're going to see what we have in Christ. 
So God gives the position, our position, precedence over our condition because where we are determines what we are. And a lot of spiritual defeat, and I, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but some people get easily discouraged. They, they get easily discouraged and they get um, to a po- point of <laughs> wanting to give up, you know, because they're discouraged. And so much of our spiritual defeat and failure lies in our ignorance and indifference to this fact of where we are determines who we are. And where we are is in Christ. I thank God for the facility. I thank God for a church facility. I believe it sends a signal to the community, this is a church. And I, and I, I like the steeple. I like it. You know, it says to the community, we are a church. And that's what it is. It's a church. But it's nothing but a building without the church, the body of Christ, in it. And we can have the most beautiful facility and not have anything of the power of God operating. So what the Lord is saying... Who we are, I mean, where we are determines who we are. And so what the Lord is telling us tonight is uh, a lot of our defeat and is the ignorance of God and indifference to this fact of who we are and where we are and what, what, where he has us tonight. So we're concerned over what we are that we give no thought to where we are. <laughs> I know I'm talking in riddles here, but we give so much thought to who we are that we give no thought to where we are. Amen? Well, the seven sons of Sceva, you know, they hung around God's people. They saw some mighty things happen. They saw devils come out of people. They saw Paul and and the different ones, you know, they'd say the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth come out and demons would come out. People would fall as dead and get up anew in the Lord, set free from all of the bondage. Now, listen, have you ever seen anybody really saved? I mean, that you knew was a sinner, and then they got saved, and you could tell it just like that. I had a good friend of mine that came into the service one night. He lived right across the street from the church where I was a kid, and, and uh, I'll never forget the night he got saved. He came in drunk, drunker than anything. I mean, the smell of liquor was on him as he walked down the aisle, and he staggered down, and he got about halfway, and he, he slouched down and just fell into the pew, and, and everybody was just looking at him like, who's he? Instead of saying, oh, boy, here's a good opportunity for God's power to work. Amen? But he, he came forward at the end, knelt at the altar, began to sob and weep. You know what people did? They kind of stood around him and said, well, it ain't going to last. He's drunker than a skunk. I mean, you know, he, he don't know what he's doing. It ain't going to be no good. But you know what that man did? He got up from there sober. Sober. The smell of alcohol even left him. <laughs> when God does something, he does it right. And he wasn't staggering around. He was happy in the Lord. And, of course, as he was going home and went out the door, he just lived across the street. Some of the people said, I could hear him as a kid. I could, listen, I'm glad it didn't influence me to be an old hypocrite like that, you know. 
But they, they were just talking, they said, well, it ain't going to last. We'll see how long. Instead of encouraging him, they just talking about it ain't going to last. Well, you know what? Fool, he fooled them all. The next Sunday, he brought his whole family to church. They all got saved. He became my dad's best friend. <laughs> and, they, and this man and this woman became my second parents. I mean, their children and, and, and my family, my brothers and sisters and my dad and their mother and dad, we, we, all, we did holidays together, Christmas together. Uh, I mean, everything was together. We went on vacations together. I mean, we were just family. And to this day, now the man's went on to be with the Lord, but the mom is still alive, my spiritual mom in the Lord. She's still alive up in Oklahoma. And I told my wife the other day, I said, we've got to go see her and visit her. And I talked to her occasionally on the phone and, and just let her know that uh, they, they were a big influence in my life. Amen. But he went on to preach the gospel. Pastored churches. Ended up in Tulsa, Oklahoma and had a radio program all over Tulsa. And God just blessed him and ministered through him to people. And, you, you know, but somebody said, well, you know, that, that, that ain't going to work because, I mean, you know. <laughs> well... We need to just realize God changes us. This is what it's all about. And Ephesians primarily emphasizes our position and shows our condition uh, to be the outgrowth of it. Now, the seven sons of Sceva, remember, they, they were going to try it. They, they, they thought they could do it because they'd hung around God's men, you know. And uh, they tried to cast out some devils out of the seven sons of Sceva. That's what the seven of them. And they were full of the devil. And they tried to cast out the devil. And you know what the devil did? said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Because you know what they were doing? They said, we cast you out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches about. See, it's one thing to go out here and say, well, Brother Clarence preaches this, Brother Clarence said this. No, I want you to go out and say, this is what the Word says. See, this is what the Word declares. Yeah, we want to preach the Word that when you go out, the Word's going to come out of you. And it's not just because it's Brother Clarence saying anything. It's because it's the Word of God. Amen? And the Word of God is what's going to change and transform people. But the seven sons of Sceva, they just said, who are you? And they got up and just whipped those silly disciples and sent them home licking their wounds and, and weeping and hurting and, and uh, because they didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't. They they knew what Paul knew. They they knew that Paul was changed and transformed, but they did not know the Christ. They didn't know their position in the Lord. See, our position is the same position that Paul was, and this is what he's trying to tell the the people here. So, the sinner is in sin. The saint is in Christ. So you can tell everybody you're in Christ tonight. Amen? You're in Him. And you who were dead in sins. How many knows you were dead in sins one time? You who were dead in sins and you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the children of disobedience. Uh, we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh. And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others, because that's where we were. And we were dead in sins. Our conversation in times past was according to the lust of the flesh, what we talked about. And as sinners, both Gentiles 
He said, you and the Jews, we share the same position. The same position. It's in Christ. It's in Christ. Now, look at Ephesians 2, verses 5 and 6. And when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we were dead in trespasses. Everybody knows we were sinners. And you don't really have to magnify the fact of how bad you were. (laughs) Because if people knew you, they knew how bad you were. But now then, they can see the difference because we're in Christ and the love of God radiates from us. And the power of God is felt in us. And the anointing of the Holy Ghost is, is displayed in our lives as we go forward in the Lord. And we, but we're raised up in Him. Now, there's no privileged class in sin, and there's none in Christ. And I want to clarify that. There is no privileged class in sin. If you're in sin, you're in sin. I mean, the worst sinner out there can do everything evil, and they can think of everything evil and do it, but they're they're no worse than the person that lives a good life and does not accept Christ. There's no difference. There's no difference. Praise God. I'll I, I tell you what. It, it's not, well, he was a good man. It doesn't matter if you're a good man. If you're not born again, you're not saved. So you can be a good person, and you can be a good man, and you can do a lot of good things, but those things and being a good person is not going to, it's just not going to make it because, you see, there's only one way in. That's through Christ and getting in Christ, in Him. So you know what? It doesn't matter. I've been on the platform with some of the greatest men of God. If I started naming them off, uh, you'd know who who is who the who's who is in it. You know, I I, I mean, and, and listen, I'm humbled by the fact that I was able to participate and be in some of those services like that. But you know what? That didn't make me an anointed man of God. Y'all get what I'm saying tonight? See, just because I'm I'm on a platform with uh, Kenneth Hagin, John Osteen, uh, all these great preachers, you know, uh, R.W. Schambach. I knew R.W. Schambach personally. Uh, I mean, you know, all of these great men of God. And, and you, you know, I've been I've been sitting there with them, and I'm thinking, boy, <laughs> this this is this is all right. But you know what? That did not put any anointing in me just because I was rubbing shoulders with them. The only way that you're going to have the anointing is to have a personal relationship with the Lord and realize you're in Christ. It's not your eloquence. It's not your Bible college training. It's not your degrees that you can get. And there's nothing wrong with none of that. I've got some of that. I've got mine, you know. But you know what? That doesn't mount to anything. It does, that does not make the anointing. The anointing is being in Christ. Being in Christ. Letting, letting the world know that He's Lord 
And He's living in us. So Paul's wanting us to see this tonight, that um, there's no privilege class and there's none in Christ. And this is what the Lord's wanting us to see. Now, God has no favorites in the Lord. (laughs) I heard somebody say one time, one of the great men of God was really ill, sick. And I heard someone make a statement. He said, God can't let him die. That's brother so-and-so. He is so powerful and so needed in the body of Christ. Well, that's true. But God's no respecter of persons. Because that person that's not known, that person that doesn't have all the uh, notoriety that these others have where everybody knows uh, their name, it's a household name. But listen, God's just as interested in them as He is the big names. Hallelujah. And you meet these big names. When I say big names, I'm talking about men that are renowned. And you meet them. Majority of them, the ones that I've met, are down to earth. They're real people. They're real people. They love God. They love people. They want to see the power of God move. And 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 what we we just got to understand this position that we're in. In in the Lord, it's not clergy and laity. Mm. It's not preachers and church members. We're one in Christ. You have as much right to 100% of the blessings of God in the Bible as I do as a minister. Amen? You have as much right to believe God for supernatural miracle and healing as I do. Now, my responsibility is that I've got insight into the Word that God's given me that I'm supposed to share with the body of Christ and believe that the anointing will be upon it, that the hearts would be opened and they'd have understanding of the Word and rise up in faith and be what God's called them to be. See, that's what it's about. And uh, so all have the same position in Christ. Grace. Everybody say grace. See, grace exalts all saints into the same high and heavenly position in Christ. It's the grace of God. It takes the same grace to get the intellectual person over here and the same grace that you got somebody that doesn't even have a a grade school education. It takes the same grace to exalt them both into the presence of the Lord. It's the same grace. I want to tell you something. You can't judge a man because of his education. You can't judge a man because of what you think he is. Sometimes we can, people can pull the wool over people's eyes, you know. And, uh, but it, it, that's not what it's about. It, it's, it's knowing who we are in Christ and letting Christ be reflected through our lives. And as we do that, we're going to see, see what happens. Now, we, we read these scriptures a while ago, and uh, it talked about how that we were dead in trespasses and sins. And every one of us have a story to tell. Every one of us have a testimony. I I don't have a testimony of being delivered from drugs or delivered from alcohol or 
or delivered from nicotine. I didn't do any of that stuff. And, but I don't have that testimony. I've, but there's others that I've known personally that have had those testimonies. And I knew their life before. And I saw the power of God move in their life. But you see, the thing is, it took the same grace to save that person that never had that stuff as it does the person that's in that stuff. It's the same grace of God. His grace extends to all, everybody. And that's, that's where the grace of God is at. Now, look at, uh, as we look at the two different periods in times past, it talks about in times past you were in sin. At that time, sometimes, we see you were. And while you are, marks the dawn of a new day for the believer in Christ. But there's two believers, uh, two periods in a believer's life. The one, number one is, you were. That's your past life. What you were. And we don't need to dwell on what we were. Only time you need to dwell on what you were is if you're ministering to somebody and you're sharing your testimony like Paul did oft times, and he shared his testimony with them, and uh, uh, they were saved and, and, and redeemed and come into the family of God. But we were, at one time we were. We have a past life. At that time you were without Christ. Is that what the Scripture said that we read a while ago? You were without Christ. You were without hope. You were without God. You know, when people's in a crisis, and uh, you think of the uh, tragedies that's happened, uh, ships going down, planes going down, um, attacks happening in... Uh, all around the world with terrorism and et cetera. But you know what happens is in the middle of all of that, everybody is equal. You may have your well-educated, doctorate degree people and all of this, and then you may have just common people that's there. But when they're all in the same situation, it's they're, they're depending on God's grace. See, it's going to be God's grace all the way. So, at that time, you were without Christ, without hope, without God. But now, but now, that's what we want to deal with right now. But now, but now there's a difference in our life. This is what Paul's in reference to here. But now, at that, but now, see, you're, you, at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now, in Ephesians 2, verse 13, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You're not brought near because you memorized 199 chapters in the Bible. <laughs> You're brought near by the blood of Christ. It's the blood. The blood is the gospel. The cross is the gospel. I mean, when you begin to think, listen, there's no other gospel but the gospel of the cross. We, we don't need, and I know we have structure, man-made structure in organizing and stuff like that, but it's still the cross. We're, we're, we're here because of the cross of Jesus. We're here because of what He did for us. And at that time, but now in Christ Jesus, 
One new man. We're made one new man. Everybody's part of the same family. I've got Baptist brothers. I've got Methodist brothers. I've got, uh, uh, I've even got Church of Christ brothers. <laughs> you know. Hey, listen. If they believe in the blood, that's what makes us common. Hallelujah. I went to a Church of Christ service here not long ago. One of our good friends was, uh, he, he does concerts on the piano. And, and of all things, the pastor of the Church of Christ is his music teacher <laughs> and plays the piano very well. And, uh, but they don't have it in their church. Now, I, I, I went to this service and I didn't know how it was going to be. I haven't been to too many Church of Christ services, but I, I didn't know how it was going to be. But you know what? I went in there. The place was full. And they got up there to start singing. And they turned to a certain page in their songbook. And I mean, every person in that congregation was singing, not just mumbling. They were singing out loud. And everybody had their part, soprano, alto, bass, uh, tenor. All, I mean, everybody had their part. And it was like a big choir. I'm sitting there amazed. Pat's with me. And we're sitting there amazed. I couldn't even sing with them because I couldn't sing that good. But they were worshiping the Lord. And then the minister got up and gave a gospel message. And he didn't fight Pentecost. He didn't fight anybody that wasn't part of that. He just preached the gospel message of the cross and what Jesus Christ did for them. Gave an invitation and several people got saved that night. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're one new man. Everybody say I'm one new man. I've got Baptists, Nazarenes. I've got African pastors. I've got Hispanic pastors. I've got black pastors. You know what? We're one new man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what our race is. There's only one blood, and that's the blood of Jesus. That's what, that's what makes the difference, the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, there's different customs. There's different uh, uh, things that people do because of where they come from and et cetera. And, but you know what? I receive a person because of their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's through the blood of Jesus. We're one new man in Christ. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that excites me. Amen. But now, um, you're, you're no longer strangers. Everybody say, I'm not a stranger no more. And we're no longer foreigners. But we're fellow citizens, according to Ephesians 2, verse 19, with the saints and members of the household of God. We're all part of the same household. The church becomes the household of God. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 21 through 22. In whom the whole building, talking about the church, not talking about this physical structure. <laughs> you know, there's one thing to have a church building, but it's another thing to have a church in the building. <laughs> Amen? And so what Paul's talking about here, in whom the whole building being fitted together, being fitted together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. We're the habitation of God through the Spirit. See, we are the habitation of God. 
If the presence of God is not in our lives when we come through that door, guess what? It's not going to be in the building. So we we got to recognize that it's through the cross, it's through the blood, and we're in Christ tonight, in whom the whole building fitly joined together, grows into a holy temple, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Hallelujah. A dwelling place for God in the Spirit. Now there's two prayers that Paul prayed in the book of Ephesians. And I want you to turn there with me and just look at it in Ephesians 1. Paul's writing to the church there. He said, I therefore also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now look what he prays for this church at Ephesus. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this age but also in that which is to come. And he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things of the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, this is the first prayer that Paul prayed, a prayer for revelation. You know what I pray for our congregation and the people that we minister to here weekly? I pray that the spirit of revelation and the wisdom of the Lord would come alive in our hearts. I want it to come alive to where you're sitting there, and I'm not saying you don't know anything, but all of a sudden there's something fresh, there's something new that God brings alive by the Holy Ghost, and your eyes lighten up, and it, you and you can tell by the expression on your face, I get it now, hallelujah. I, I preached for six weeks on a subject in the church, one church where I pastored, and six weeks I preached on the same subject, and my... my uh, uh, the young, uh, he was a young man. He's younger than I was, but he was he was our music uh, minister also. And he'd sit on the front row. Six weeks I was preaching on this. Six weeks. He sat out there, and and you know, there wasn't much movement uh, uh, showing that he's receiving anything different. You know, but on that last service I was preaching on this particular area. All of a sudden, I saw it physically. His eyes lit up. Smile came on his face. He couldn't hardly wait for me to get done. <laughs> and he come up. He said, Brother Clarence, I finally see what you're talking about. I finally understand what you've been trying to tell us all this time. I see it. Hallelujah. And he shouted. And you know what happened? His whole ministry turned around then. Music and everything. Because he had a revelation. A revelation. See, you can sing words. But if you don't have revelation of what you're singing, you're not going to touch the heart of people. See, if I don't touch your heart, I haven't done my job. See, the revelation that God's put in me, not that I have the only revelation, but what He's put in me for you, I, I want it to hit your heart to where I can see your eyes light up. And you say, I see it. I know it now. Not that you didn't know anything, but all of a sudden there's something new that God shows you. Something deeper, something more than what you've had. And Paul said, uh, you know, that uh, 
Well, the, the, he said, I'm praying, and this is what he's done for the revelation, that you'd see where Jesus is. Jesus. How many believes he defeated the devil? I believe he's been raised up from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says, making intercession for us. That's what the Word declares. And his blood was sprinkled there. He took the blood himself and sprinkled it up on the altar up there in heaven itself. And that blood is what redeemed us. That blood is what has made us who we are in Christ. But now look at this next part. See, he prays for the revelation. Now then, he prays that we might be what God's called us to be. See, we got to know what God's called us, and now we got to be what God's called us. And look what he said. And he has, uh, he, you who made alive were dead in trespasses and sin. We read this earlier. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once uh, conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind that were by nature children of wrath, but God who's rich in mercy. Because of His great love, He loved us. When we were dead, He made us alive. And He raised us up together. Now remember, the Paul was praying for a revelation for the people to see where He was. Jesus is far above all the principalities and powers and mind. Every demon is under His feet. And now, Paul is saying, now then, He has raised you up together. He's raised us up together. Where? We're in the same position Jesus is. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Every demon in this world is underneath our feet. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I get excited about that. I get excited knowing that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that's working in us today. I'm not going to be like the disciples that went out there to the seven sons of Zekiva and said, Hey, we adjure you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches about. Come out of him. No. I want to be one of those that come and says, Listen, Jesus Christ is Lord. He defeated you. He raised from the dead. His blood sprinkled on the altar in the heavens. And because He's redeemed and He's been made alive, we're made alive. And we have that same authority over you in the name of Jesus. And we command you in Jesus' name, get out. (laughs) Hallelujah. We've got that right. You've got that right. I tell you what, we need to get to that place where we get so mad at the devil. Instead of talking about what he does, let's start talking about what Jesus has done. Amen? He has redeemed us. He has reconciled us back to the Father. He has made provisions for everything that we have. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. We have healing and the right to believe God for healing. And we have the right to believe God for prosperity and believing that God will take care of our needs. We have that right. Why? Because we're a child of God. I'm not one of these just telling everybody they're going to go out here and be a millionaire, you know. Hey, you might. I mean, if anybody is, why not us? <laughs> Amen? But I'm not, I, I, that's not our goal. Our goal is to please God. Because whether we ever see that amount at one time in our account, we've also got the 
promise He will supply all our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that means any need we have, we've got ample supply. Hallelujah. Because He's God. Hallelujah. And the devil's under our feet. Praise God. You, you know where you sing that little song? He's under my feet. He's under my feet. I can't think of all the words to it, but I remember that part. He's under our feet. <laughs> Someone said one time, if you're going to write a message to the devil, write it on the bottom of your shoes, you know. Because we're going to stomp all over the devil. Praise God. And the Word declares that we're redeemed in Jesus' name. Now, <laughs> when we realize... See, Paul prayed for them to realize, and then when we realize it, that's when we begin to have what God says we have in the name of Jesus, because God's on our side. We're, we're, listen, we're somebody in Christ. We're somebody in Christ. And what Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, they were in the middle of the pagan world, demonic activity. And you know what? It's getting worse and worse in our society today. It's going to get worse than it is. We might as well prepare for it. Jesus himself said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, it's going to be the same way. We're seeing it happen. We're seeing all of the... I, I mean, I, if we're watching TV at night and they, those nighttime programs come on, you know, the uh, uh, well, Colbert and all those guys, I, we don't even watch them. I mean, we don't even give them the time of day. I mean, we don't... We just, we just immediately... Just change it immediately. Praise God. I don't need that junk, you know. But it's it, we're living in a world and a society. But you see, the thing is, once we realize we're in Christ, that's my position. I'm in Christ. I'm in this earth, but I'm not of this earth. <laughs> Some people, I, I could have told you that, Brother Clarence, that you're not of this earth. <laughs> but, you know, we're here, but we're not. We're in the presence of the Lord every day as we get up and walk with the Lord. We're in His presence and the anointing of God's there. And we have the right to come to the throne room of God boldly and obtain grace to help in the time of need. Because we are positions in Christ. And if you, if you, if you, I hope you got something out of this tonight because where we are determines who we are. Amen? And we're in Christ. And that means that I'm a victorious overcomer. I'm free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We have what God says we can have. Amen. We can do what God says we can do. Praise the Lord. Because we've got His ability, His power, His grace, His mercy, His, that revelation knowledge of the words in our heart, and there's nothing the devil can stop. You know, they could burn all of our Bibles, but you can't take the word out of our heart. Hallelujah. That's why we need to get into this Word. That's why we need to get in and feast on it and just let it become alive in our spirits and let it become part of our everyday life. I'm not talking about just a Sunday thing. I'm not talking about just something that when we pray that we just pray over our food. No, let's spend some time in intercession prayer. Let's intercede against the powers of darkness. Let's let that power of intercession hit us. And let's let the Word of God come alive and, and see people just set free in the name of Jesus. Listen, God can get a hold of people. I tell you what, instead of saying, 
Shame, shame, shame. Look, look, I just don't see how they're going. I tell you what, you know, they're just not no, uh, they're no good to society at all. Well, you know what? They may not be right now, but they get a revelation of who Jesus is and what he did. And they'll find out where they are in Christ when they get in Christ and they're in Christ. I tell you what, they're going to change the world because that's what God does. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight. We praise you because your word's truth. Lord, we just receive what you have put in our word in our hearts and by your word. And, Lord, our position is in you, and because we're in you, Lord, we thank you that we walk in peace. We walk in the love of God. We walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we walk in this world knowing that every need is supplied according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus because you are Lord, and we proclaim that boldly, and because we're in that position with you. And, Lord, we're building up a holy temple unto the Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Do you believe that tonight? Praise God. Amen. Well, just, you know, we just need to just say, Lord, I receive it. Praise God. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Praise God. Y'all getting anything out of this at all? <laughs> you know, down, download your notes if you can. And just go over them again, you know. I try to, I'm pretty detailed in my notes. So that way you're able to just uh, and just to uh, understand it and just go over it again and again and again and again and let, let God's word God will give you some fresh stuff with it and uh, you may come back and say hey brother Clarence did you see this I said no let me see that <laughs> Amen praise God God's good Amen well, let's bow our heads before the Lord.